time to talk AFL on the Radio Tab Breakfast Show because we're only a couple of weeks from the season proper getting underway. Timmy Hodges joins us. Tim, good morning. Hey, Paul. Hey, Will. Nice to be with you. Timmy, I uh, was talking to Will this morning and said sometimes we have a lot of our listeners here in Queensland will say AFL players get away from media scrutiny and attention so much differently from an NRL player. That behaviour, you would see that on all the back pages. Well, I looked at the Herald Sun this morning and the three lead AFL stories are all about Jack Ginevan. He's been all over the commercial TV stations down there. He has copped at this time for this. Oh, Will, I, I don't believe what he was talking about earlier, more than anyone, especially if you're an AFL player from Collingwood. It's um, it's a perfect storm for the Herald Sun and for uh, the news cycle down here. It's just a, uh, it's a terrible story. I heard a little bit of what you said uh, just before the break. And, yeah, I mean, they have so much traders. They're warned constantly to not provide the money shot that, to not be having drugs anywhere near where cameras might be or where people might capture you. And Jack Inovan has put himself in a in an appalling situation. So, yeah, it's stupid, idiotic, dumb decision. But then don't even start me on the dingbat who is putting his phone over the top of a cubicle and taking the photos and then trying to sell them to whoever is willing to pay the biggest dollar figure. So, um, yeah, just a horrible story, and I wish we weren't talking about it, but, you know, here we are. Yeah, couldn't agree more with you. On the, yeah, it's out there now. And um, we heard from the Collingwood coaching staff earlier, and it sounds like quite a financial hit for Jack, and he's out for a good few weeks. What's next for him? Do you think he'll just do the, the ban and come back, or will it be a longer sort of process? Uh, yeah, it's just probably the kick up the backside he needs. Decision uh, probably fueled by alcohol. Um, but, you know, let's not put our head in the sand that, you know, you guys know if you go out anywhere, um, it, it's out and about that there are, especially for the young people, like we're probably too old to be having this conversation, but it, it's out there. And, um, you know, if we've, um, that's the, I mean, that's the dangerous part that if you're a prominent figure, whether it's a sportsman, footballer, cricketer, tennis player, racing car driver, whatever, like it's, um, you have to be more careful with your decisions. And Jack Ginevan is a young bloke who has made a really poor decision and put himself in a horrible position, uh, a whack to the back pocket. And he has to sit on the sidelines now for the next couple of weeks of pre-season matches and then the first couple of weeks, which will hurt the most, of the home and away season. And it doesn't only hurt Jack Ginevan, it, it actually hurts the Magpies because he's pivotal to what they're doing. Um, and, and, you know, I'm sure we'll get to it. Every week is going to be just crucial in AFL. It is so close. It is so competitive. I've never known a more competitive season to head into. Um, and then Collingwood won't have just about their best small forward for their opening two matches. And then that opening first one, you know, that, that Geelong game, there will be 90,000 people at the MCG. And for a dumb decision, he's going to be fit and healthy and sitting on his backside in, in the grandstand with the rest of us. Like, just, just um, that's not helping your team one bit. Tell you what, you certainly are a rusted-on Collingwood man. Most people we've had their dog interrupt a uh, a radio interview, Timmy, but Big Pie's there in the background. Jeez, that's that's commitment to, to keep them in your backyard. Uh, yeah, two options for you. Either my, my six-year-old and three-year-old getting ready for kinder and school, which would have been a disaster, or I've walked out the front and it feels like there's 55 magpies on top of the electricity <laughs> pole I'm standing under. Hey, Jimmy, some other things we want to... Selection of captaincy for a, at a few clubs. We've had four pretty big-name players 
give it away now, in, just in this last week or two. But GWS have gone with Toby Green as their captain and Hawthorne have gone with James Sicily. Now, these two guys on field are rather abrasive, have had themselves in trouble with the tribunal before. Do you think that's wise decisions by both those clubs? Uh... Yes, but partly for some reason. Uh, I mean, there's never been a bigger turnover of captains and leaders in AFL, and that almost includes coaches as well. It's such a weird season we're about to go into. There's so much change. Um, but you only have to look at the captains. Uh, so different across the competition, and they'll meet in two weeks' time at the AFL, and the, the captain's photo, will you'll be, you'll be actually be stunned by when you look at it and think, and even there are some captains still, including Brisbane and including Fremantle, um, that you think, who are these blokes? Um, even Jordan Dawson at Adelaide, I'm sure people say, who the hell's that? So it's um, and James Sisley probably in the in the same breath. So yeah, it's I think there's a couple of clubs that you've you've earmarked that um, you know that they didn't have many other options. And yes, they're hotheads to answer your question, but I think they're the best option for the club going forward. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned it's, it seems like a big year of transition for both coaches and leaders alike. Has anything, we're a month out from the season now, um, has anything you've seen this pre-changes that you can think one team is going to be a bolter this year and, and this is their time to emerge? Uh, it's really difficult just because there are so many good teams and most of the good teams, and there, there is always a bolt that comes from outside the top eight. I'm not sure whether that does come this year. Like, like Carlton's probably the, the lot. They've got some injuries at the moment, there's Zach Williams out with that Achilles for the whole season. Sam Walsh is still a real indefinite with the back surgery that he had, that he's still not even back into a proper training, guys. So I just struggle to make a case that Carlton can push inside the top eight. But it will be so competitive. Like I'd love to say that Gold Coast might first year that they can make a run for the finals, but I just think there's so many better teams ahead of them that I think you've got sort of eight, nine, maybe ten legitimate chances can actually win this year's premiership. That's how close it is. So, you know, when you say that there's a ninth or tenth chance to win the premiership and there's two teams that are actually out of that, the finals altogether, mm. that just goes how, uh, goes to show how important every week is going to be, that there will be teams that will lose games they shouldn't. There are teams that will lose games by really close margins that would be absolutely devastated just because they'll know how important that was for their entire season. So... Yeah, I'm bored to the 2023 season because I just think it's going to be as close and as competitive as I think in my lifetime. Timmy, we're off to Brighton's Homes Arena Wednesday morning, the home of the Brisbane Lions, their new facility out there for an outside broadcast. You just made oh, mention awesome. Dane Zorko stepped down as captain for the Lions yeah. so that they can go to. But the, the interesting one was Tyson Heppel. Now, I thought Brad Scott, who's just there at the Bombers, handled this really well. A week ago, he came out and said, look, if Heppel wants the captaincy, he keeps it because he's impressed me so much with his work here since I've arrived. Heppel's obviously taken on that ball and thought about it and he's for the voting, voting process. But do they have a, a standout candidate now to captain the Bombers? Yeah, I think it's... I mean, they're, only, they're similar in many ways to Hawthorne. That James Sisley was the, the logical and almost the only option, uh, especially after the off-season upheaval they've had at the Hawks. And I think much the same at Essendon. It's going to be Zach Merritt. And that's simply because I don't think there's anyone else really remotely that could put their hand up to be a contender for it. And yes, he was the vice captain last year. Um, 
but I think it, it is just Zach Merritt that, that is really the only logical option. But then you look at Brisbane, that the vice-captain was Harris Andrews, so you think the man most likely. I still think they would be crazy not to give it to Lockie Neal, that he is, he is their best player. He is their most important player. Um, and he's probably the best player doing media as well, which, you know, the, the, the load that a captain has to carry publicly is so large that I just think at Brisbane would be the best scenario rather than the, to maybe to leapfrog someone like Harris Andrews. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting decision there. Yeah, definitely. And up here in Brisbane, it obviously crazy Lions fans. Uh, everyone's thinking that this could be the year. And you mentioned before there's probably nine or ten teams that can win it. Uh, where you put Brisbane in that mix? I think Brisbane themselves put them right at the top of the mix, and especially with what they've done in the off-season. Their, their forward line was a little bit of a concern. They went and got Jack Gunston, who's as good a goal kicker as in the game. So that's a huge tick for them. Um, and then the midfield was always a bit of an issue, and they bring Ashcroft in, who's probably going to be the next... He will be the rising star this year. He's going to be so exciting. And then they put Josh, Josh Dunkley in there as well. It's like, oh, that midfield is rock-solid. Um, the, the only concern really is the back line, which was probably the concern last year as well. But if everything clicks at Brisbane, they are going to be, I think, top four uh, again. And then if you put yourself in that position often enough, then you can have a, you can seriously put yourself in the frame to win it. So yeah, I think they are actually, you know, they're absolutely all chips in to win the premiership this year. So that, you know, if you're a Brisbane Lions fan, you would be so excited with with what's possible over the next, you know, it's a long grind, but um, hopefully it's a, it's a great ride for you all. Just a quick one about Frio. Did Nate Fife resign as captain or was he asked to step down? Uh, I think it's probably best for, for everyone. So probably they'll say that he led the decision, but he just has been struggling to get him um, and out on the park. And obviously last year was a, was a bit of a disaster for him. So, I think it's it's the best situation that he can actually just worry about himself. It's like Collingwood with Scott Pendlebury. He can just worry about himself in the twilight years of his career, not worry about the extra responsibility, uh, the extra burden, the extra worry. Everyone's okay and you're getting around everyone and checking in on everyone. Just worry about yourself. So I sort of like what Nat Fife has done. Um, I think it would be... I think it would be Andrew Brayshaw is probably going to be the most likely option at Fremantle to be their captain. And again, when he's in a group captain photo, you look at it and think, oh, who is that? <laughs> the, the look of the new captaincy breed of 2023 in the AFL system. Um, and again, like Alex Pierce was the, the guy who stood up for, for much of last year at Frio when Fife was out injured. He was his vice captain. But I think going forward, Brayshaw would be the, the most logical for mine. Now, the weekend all got underway. Timmy, we're off to Newcastle for the start of the supercars, the new Gen 3. Just looking at a photo here of the Castrol Green new Ford that Tom Randall's going to be driving. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah so just on AFL, so the, the unofficial scratch matches begin this week. Yep. The official scratch matches begin the week. Then there's a weekend off with nothing, and then we go in round one of the AFL season in a month's time. And that weekend off is the supercars, so they have landed it perfectly, the supercars championship to have a, a free weekend with no AFL whatsoever. Uh, I tell you, I think there is a better supercar that was launched this morning, guys. Have a look at the Cam Waters um, black monster thing. Uh, that is ser a serious-looking beast. Yeah, th it's a brand-new dawn for supercars. Their, their, their new Gen 3 um, series cars uh, are being launched. Uh, the new liveries, uh, the, I mean, these are brand-new cars that they're, they're testing they can basically do whatever they want. 
testing miles at the moment. The, all restrictions have been frantically building them and getting them ready um, and want them to be in the best shape possible for Newcastle. It's going to be um, something to see that these cars look unbelievably badass. Um, yeah, so it's going to be the best-looking motorsport series on earth, I think, when when the Chevy Camaros and Ford Mustang the streets of Newcastle, which is great to have Newcastle back, by the way, as well, after three years of COVID. So, yeah, I think um, the Supercars Championship is going to be something to something to watch. Certainly that first weekend will be uh, enormous around those tight and twisty streets of Newcastle with these brand-new, brand, brand new, brilliant-looking cars. I'm no uh, real person at all, and I, I know there's no Falcons or Commodores, but just looking at these new Gen 3 cars, Timmy, they're just eye-catching. I think people will see them and say, yeah. oh, they look fantastic. Oh, I feel I feel a bit sorry for the mechanics um, and the engineers who have been working their backsides off for three months trying to get them ready. Um, you know, they're getting them ready, getting the spares ready. And then at Newcastle, you know they're going to go and smash them to bits. <laughs> <laughs> that would break my heart if I was a mechanic having to go, all right, send them off. We love them and we've cared for them and they look absolutely immaculate. And we know in about three time, three laps time, they'll come back in steam. So, um, uh, <laughs> but that is the beauty of motorsport and can't wait for it to start in a few weeks' time. Good on you, Tim. We know you've got a uh, parental commitments this morning, getting those two lads off to kinder. So we'll let you get to it and we'll catch up again very soon, mate. Uh, and the Daytona 500 this morning oh, as well. Oh, yes. So it just started. So stick it over on uh, 506 and uh, <laughs> enjoy the great American race this morning. Uh, you're a Fox man through and through and a Collingwood man through and through as well, Timmy. I love talking to you. Anytime, guys.